2: is everything evolves the world's only podcast devoted exclusively to evolve wrestling you can find us on twitter at evolve pod uh and normally this is when i would introduce uh the other wrong boy aaron talb of course i'm aaron bentley but at is not joining us this month and we will uh tell you about that a little more in a minute make sure that you're following us though on twitter make sure you're subscribing On uh, iTunes, on Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, to our podcast, to the entire Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. All right. So I told you Aaron Talb is not here. But what that means is we have a very special guest for you. We have Brian from Street Fight. Brian, what's up? Hey,
1: I'm the new
2: Aaron. (laughs) I tried to do the Aaron. Hey. (laughs) So here's a real question. Are you consistently wrong when you predict things?
1: Uh, yeah, well, I picked uh for that last for Dominion. I said there's no way Kenny Omega was gonna win, and I said it a lot.
2: You will fit in perfectly on the show. I'm glad to hear that. Now, we shouldn't go too hard on Aaron, he is taking the month off because, of course, as you know, he is helping out Alexandria Ocasio Cortez in her race, uh, her primary race in the New York 14th congressional district. The primary is on June 26th, so it's go time. So Aaron did not have time to watch the shows and, uh, you know, have enough information to do these podcasts this month. So luckily, Brian was uh, willing to join us. Brian, do you want to start by telling uh, the listeners a little bit about yourself and where they can find you?
1: I do uh, uh, a political uh, I don't like to call it political. My name I'm Murder Brian on Twitter. And I do a podcast called Street Fight Radio that is usually just about like it's about working. It's about working class stuff, you know, like going to work, what it's like to be broke in the United States. Uh, we talk about prison reform. We talk about drugs. uh, And occasionally I will have people on to talk about wrestling. Aaron Taub came on and talked about wrestling. And you're definitely going to come on when I do my do another run of uh bonus shows. But, yeah, it's just. I mean, it's just two guys talking about whatever's going on with the day. Basically.
2: You think, or how do you think wrestling plays into like the working class and any, you know, those types of issues that you talk about on the show?
1: I, well, the companies all suck really bad. So <laughs> <laughs> like when you talk about workers issues, it's like, you can, you can spend all day kind of talking about how the bad things about how wrestling is put on. But like, I don't know. Like uh, most of the time when I talk about it on the show, I'm talking about it for fun. Like that's my escape. Wrestling is really my escape because when you do like, I do the podcast for a living, that's my job. I make my money doing it. And when you do something like that and you spend your time with your head in like a political space where, you know, we take phone calls where people call you and tell you like how their boss is abusing them and, and stuff like that. It's like, I need something that is not, serious and wrestling is that for me and when i talk about it on a show it's generally like a lot less serious than the other shows that i do
2: but what kind of wrestling are you mainly into Brian? i like uh well i like new japan
1: and, and evolve like new it, i like new japan first because <laughs> i'm very basically mainstream guy but then you know i got real into evolve there was a period in evolve where like i just watched it from twitter and it was when uh ec3 and drew galloway were doing their kind of invasion like a weird sports entertainment invasion on evolve which didn't even really end up getting to play out but it really grabbed me and made me want to check out evolve and i've watched pretty much all of them up to uh, since then and uh i just i like the work i'm like a guy that just likes uh, i like the work i either like a a really insane two guys beating the hell out of each other and one of them almost dying like a walter versus pco thing or i like evolve style matches those are the two kinds of wrestling i love
2: i I know i saw you in uh new orleans checking out the evolve shows what were the other than, like, Walter versus PCO, what were, like, the Evolve-type matches that you enjoyed uh, in New Orleans?
1: God, you know, one of my matches of the year, and it's so weird because, like, this is a guy that I'm not in love with, but Matt Riddle versus uh, Will Ospreay, that match yeah. was incredible. That yeah. thing was – I mean, like, I I had thought about not even going to the Super Show, and I was so glad I did because that was my favorite match of the weekend. I, I love that match.
2: Yeah, that match, uh, that match ruled. We, of course – yeah, I've already talked about it a lot on this show. Uh what are the now there's been a lot of turnover lately, but who are the guys in evolved that you're into?
1: Oh, well, I like Walter now, like a lot. I he I like big, big dudes. I like Chris Dickinson and Jocka. And uh I'm really into uh Darby Allen. He's probably my favorite guy like like even just the first time I saw him and I was like, they got it like a Gigi Allen guy <laughs> that fucking rules. <laughs>
2: Yeah, Darby is like when you first see him or, you know, when he first showed up in Evolve, I was like, OK, uh, this might be a little much. But he not only does he grow on you, but they've done such a good job with his character. He's done such a good job with his character that he's like he's the most likable guy in the promotion. He's the guy you have to root for.
1: It's crazy that he's a baby face. That was the other thing that drew me to him is like, how is this guy like a, like he's like a, a, like a white meat baby face? He, he doesn't even cheat, really.
2: It's crazy to me. <laughs> Right, because he could be like the uh, skater punk boy that that you hate, that everybody hates.
1: Yeah, but I actually don't think that. I don't know if that guy can be a heel. I'm sure somebody will figure out how to do it, but he doesn't seem like even the type of dude that has the ability to be a heel. He has that kind of (laughs) like personality that you're just like, this guy, I just want to get behind this guy.
2: Right, he's got like the Sami Zayn, uh, Daniel Bryan type type of feel.
1: Yeah, and I also like Keith Lee. I know he's gone now, but uh, he was a guy that 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 I was really into. I like, I felt like he worked different than a lot of the other guys, like than most of the indie guys, in that like he moved a little bit slower. It didn't feel like a sprint with that guy.
2: Well, speaking of Keith Lee, what do you think about the? Yeah, you know, we just, we know that he's just shown up in NXT. It looks like NXT is getting a bigger relationship with Evolve. What do you think about that? Do you think it's going to be good for the promotion or bad or, you know, just where do you think that's going to go?
1: I don't. I I can't. I You know, I I hope it stays kind of the way it is with the caveat of like maybe up the production values <laughs> a tiny <laughs> bit. Yeah. I'd like to be able to hear what they're saying on the promos. That's just a small <laughs> thing with me. <laughs> I was watching wrestling earlier and I'm like, what does it take? What like if I was a promoter right now, if I was Gabe Sapolsky right now, I would be sitting in my office or my living room or whatever, and I would be sending a thing to my my tech guy who's, for Street Fight, that's my older brother, and I would say, what would it take for people to be able to understand the ring announcer and the promos in the ring that uh, that are watching it on TV? That would be the first thing in my mind. And I feel like when you get over well over a hundred shows and you haven't asked that question, I have to wonder like, <laughs> what's
2: going on. Well, I have to say that I know that Gabe was uh, personally aggrieved that that Aaron and I uh, talk badly about the production value. So I, I don't think he thinks it's that bad, really. Has he watched it? Like, has he tried to <laughs> maybe, like, maybe he
1: writes it and he's like, I, I understand what they're saying perfectly. <laughs> You know, like he told them what to say. So when they go out there and say it, he's like, "Oh, I understand perfectly." And it's like, (laughs) "I don't, I don't know what anybody's saying on this show." It was always the same thing with PWG. It was like I'd be watching PWG, and these guys would cut these like really long promos, and I'd be like, "This sucks. I don't know what anything about this." (laughs) Yeah, um, I, I would if if their if if their association with NXT is that then that's fine. I don't care about NXT guys wrestling in front of the live crowd and not on the show. It's like, okay, Adam Cole's there. Who cares? Like, I don't get to see that.
2: Do you, I don't know, do you care at all about NXT sucking up all the guys from Evolve in the indies?
1: Not, I did. I went through, fa- I go through phases with that because like there are times where it's like, oh man, it would be great if some of these guys could stick around or whatever. But then it's, I don't like that they suck them up in the middle of like stories and stuff. Or as soon as they get hot, they're gone. But uh, I mean, new guys always pop up. It feels like there's a never ending well of new guys. And I'm fine getting new guys all the time. I'm, I'm a real like, I mean, I fall out of love with things really fast. So I'll like something a lot. And then be like, "Ah, I'm sick of that. So kind of the Evolve thing really works for me because there's just guys just cycling in and out really fast before I get tired of them. And I don't really watch NXT. So they're retired when they leave Evolve.
2: (laughs) That's like I show up for the takeovers. That's about it. But especially once they go to the main roster, it's just like, oh, that, that guy's dead. It's sad that he died so young. But I
1: watched the last take. I only watched half of the last takeover. I, it, like, what happened with... I watched the Dream versus Ricochet match, and I was like, well, I didn't like that. And then I just never turned it back. I, like, didn't love it, and then I just never turned the show back on. And I feel sort of, like, bad about it, but I make it through <laughs> five-and-a-half-hour New Japan shows. So that's not my fault that I didn't turn it back on.
2: No, I mean, like, I don't know. I pretty... Pretty much like the takeovers, but I never like it as much as everyone else seems to. Like that match, uh, the Ricochet and Velveteen Dream match, I thought was good, but it, because Ricochet was really good in it, it's. But it's like I don't want to see him going against guys who are kind of just learning how to wrestle. It was much cooler to see Ricochet against Kota Ibushi and Kushida and those guys when he was working New Japan.
1: Yeah, Dream Match. Like that's. I. I mean, Joe. Joe Lanza. Says this so great all the time. He's like, This company is never going to be in the dream match business. So, when you, when, when a guy like Daniel Bryan gets cleared and he's on the same show as AJ Styles and Samoa Joe and all those guys and he's feuding with big casts, it shouldn't really be a surprise because they don't give a shit about what me or you want. You
2: know? <laughs> right. They're not. It doesn't occur to them. I don't know. I honestly I think half the time they're like not doing it on purpose because they know that people like you and me might like it. <laughs> it's like
1: uh, that's how I always feel that with that company. Sometimes I feel like they think, I don't know, like that's it's like a stubborn thing where it's like, well, if guys like those, if that, if guys like them like it, then it's probably not good and it <laughs> doesn't make money, I guess.
2: Right. So it's like, at least when I watch Evolve, I feel like. The company is trying to entertain me personally, you know, <laughs> so yeah. I mean, when they announced like WrestleMania weekend is such a great like
1: kind of example of that because I fuck it. I freaked out, Aaron, when they announced Will Ospreay versus AR Fox, Like, I, I just couldn't even believe that that was happening, you know? <laughs>
2: Yeah, and it was a ton of fun too.
1: Yeah, or uh, I didn't know who Sawa was, but when you asked a match, I like him versus Zack Saber Jr. was another huge match for me that weekend.
2: Sawa was so great on like in every match that he had. I wasn't familiar with him. I, I knew of him, but I wasn't familiar with him. And I was like, "Wait, this dude doesn't wrestle that much? Like, he's amazing."
1: He was good. He was. He, they slapped each other so hard. It, it was. It was great.
2: I. I, love- I just- You were talking about guys like almost killing each other. I I love that, too. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's stupid because it's supposed to be a work. But when I really feel like they're getting into each other, that's when I get most into it.
1: Yeah, because I think that the only way that we can suspend our disbelief now Is if we think that it like we have to think that it might go off the rails. Nick Gage is such a great person for that because he comes out and you're like, well, maybe he will just get really mad and go (laughs) go off the rails. He seems like he might do that. He's cussing at people in the audience and he's (laughs) he seems like he really hates this guy. The first time I saw him live, you know, I went with my I took my wife and daughter to an AIW show and Nick Gage versus Tim Donst was the main event. (laughs) And my he made my kid cry. <laughs> he just scared her that so rules. bad, and I was like, I just I was enraptured. I just was in love. I was like, I, he made her cry. He made thirteen year old girl cry. <laughs> You're like, this
2: rules.
1: I did. I really did. The whole way home, I couldn't stop talking about how much I loved it. And now my kids like, I don't want to go wrestling shows anymore.
2: <laughs> this is also like why Low Key is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Uh, despite all the uh, shit that he gets, but it's like, you never know when he's going to just lose it. So uh, I appreciate that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I even like guys that are like, I I was watching some matches earlier today that looked really slut. Some old Joshi matches for a show I'm doing later tonight. And uh, they, they look super sloppy, but I was like, I really love this. I just love that. This looks off the rails. That's Walter versus PCO the reason that that's like one of those matches that I'll never forget is one, I was on mushrooms when I saw it, but two, (laughs) like those guys, like half the time I didn't even, I thought PCO was just like kind of going into business for himself. Like a lot of that match where he was doing things that he didn't have any ability to do (laughs) kind of half getting them. And it didn't, it felt real. It just, the whole thing feel. And that's why like, watching guys that you genuinely think are beating the hell out of each other like it it just it's like that really hurt and you know that that really hurt and that's what makes it that that's kind of what makes it great i mean my favorite i think my favorite match ever is okada shibata from last year it like made me jump out of my bed like i was watching in bed and when shibata threw the headbutt, it made me jump out of my bed like i just i was like so into that thing and uh You know, obviously that was very real.
2: Yeah, that shot, of course, with the blood trickling down the head. And uh, I I showed that match to a friend of mine who's not even a casual uh, wrestling fan, but just like he'll occasionally humor me and watch stuff. And I showed him that match and he was like, oh, my God, that was insane. That was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And then I told him, (laughs) like, what happened, the postscript. And uh, I, I. It's not just like that it makes you feel like it's real, but you get like invested in these people in a way. Mm -hmm. Like I was invested in the Shibata story of like, you know, that was the year that he overcame like Nagata and the other dads. And it was like, he was overcoming the establishment of new Japan that had kind of held him down for a while because he left and came back. And uh, so I was so personally invested in him. And I felt the same way about PCO And that match really felt like a guy who was literally giving his body like everything he could possibly have to try to have this great moment in front of uh, the biggest crowd he worked in front of in a long time, you know? So when that kind of melds together, when it's like, it kind of feels like a real fight, but it also feels like a real person is, is overcoming something or, you know, accomplishing something, then it just like is magic.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh it, It's just, that That's everything I like. I, li- I mean, you know, uh, another one that's real big to me is Necro Butcher Samoa Joe. That, that like, famous match where it just feels like the whole thing went off the rails. It, again, real. Like, that's the only thing I can think is, like, this is, like, kind of a fake. This, this thing is a work, and it's not supposed to look like it. I mean, it's not supposed to hurt, but it's supposed to look like it hurts. And I think sometimes people work really, like, really light in WWE especially. Because – you know, most of what I had watched was WWE for a long time before I started, you know, checking into Japan and the indies and stuff like that. And uh, that stuff doesn't think it doesn't do it, you know?
2: No, not at all. I mean, you can understand it on some level because they work so much like it's a crazy schedule. And so uh, it's hard for them to stay healthy. I don't know if you followed the Punk and Cabana trial at all, but there was so much that came out. In that of all the stuff that Punk was going through health wise, it's like, man, these guys are working whatever six nights a week and, um, you know, pretty long matches every night, and it's just no time to to get better. No, no, absolutely not. All right, I guess we should talk about Evolve uh, in classic everything Evolve style. We talked for a long time without talking about any Evolve matches, so let's get to this weekend. Uh, first up is Evolve One Hundred and Six. It's on Saturday night at eight PM. they moved it to Brooklyn at the Most Precious Blood Youth Center. Please, there's got to be one listener to this show who listened to the band Most Precious Blood. Please add us, Evolve Pod, or add Aaron like the car, so that my Most Precious Blood jokes I made on Twitter uh, will get some love. I would really appreciate it.
1: The it's main such, event. I'm that's sorry. such a hardcore name, like
2: yeah, Most Precious Blood. I mean, it rules. All right. The main event for the Evolve championship, Matt Riddle takes on Shane Strickland. Uh, Strickland, of course, returned at Evolve 104 uh, in a match against Strickland. Strickland uh, refused to let go of a key lock with Riddle in the ropes. And so he was DQ'd. Where are you, Brian, on uh, Matt Riddle as Evolve champion?
1: Ah, man, I don't. I'm not, I don't love him. (laughs) Like I'm not the world's biggest Matt Riddle fan. I think whenever I listen to your show, I'm like, we're the only three that aren't huge (laughs) Matt Riddle fans. Cause I do feel like, I mean, maybe I'm being unfair or uh, unfair to him. He hasn't been doing it long, but I think his baby face character is really boring. Like I, I just, I can't get into the guy as a baby face. I didn't get to see a lot of heel riddle cause I wasn't there for his for the beginning part of his run. And I'm sure that's great. I'm sure he's great as a heel. He seen, he has a look like a guy that would be great as a heel, but his baby fit, he is very bland to me.
2: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, I know Aaron and I have talked before about the fact that he's probably aspirational to a lot of wrestling fans. And uh, for whatever reason, guys like Aaron and me, and it sounds like you just never aspired to be that kind of guy. So maybe it just doesn't appeal to us in that way. I,
1: I, I really, it's the smiling, like it's all the, he's, he doesn't stop smiling. It doesn't seem like anything phases him. And that to me, like hurts the drama of, I mean, it hurts the drama of his journey, period. You know,
2: there's no vulnerability. He needs like, for me to get invested in him, there has to be something that he has to overcome. And he, he never feels like he has to overcome anything.
1: Or there maybe look, maybe if he got pissed off, I would be like, Oh, this guy's, you know, he's showing fire. He's mad. He doesn't right. show that to me at all.
2: Yeah, well, like in that Will Ospreay match, he kind of did, right? Like he's going after Osprey's neck, which was beautiful. I mean, he was like being a dick and going after his neck, even though you know he knew how injured it was. And I was like, Oh, this uh this is a different angle.
1: Well, and and you know, uh there are like Okada tries to do the nothing phases me character i feel like because i it took me a learning curve to get into okada right because i think sometimes he seems like he's he's doing a thing where it's like none of this phases me i'm cool i'm cool under pressure i'm not going to react to your thing but like something happens to him throughout the match where like you start to see his desperation and see anger and see him I'm getting tired and sometimes he gets cocky and I don't feel like Matt Riddle ever gets out of the nothing phases me part of getting ready for a match.
2: Right. I mean, and Okada even had like in the Tanahashi um, series of matches, you know, the whichever Wrestle Kingdom it was where he's like crying on his way back to the locker room because he still can't overcome Tanahashi, you know? So I did have something to like root for in him at Mm. one point. Um, Okada doesn't, I think he's, well, I mean, one thing that separates them is Okada is just, like, a much better wrestler than Riddle, I think. Uh, and, you know, he's got a lot more experience than Riddle. But um, he doesn't appeal to me in the same way Okada as he does to, you know, a lot of the people in the bubble that, that we're in. Um, and I think it's because of what you're saying. It's like it's hard to connect with him on a personal level.
1: I think he could get it, though, too. I re- Like, not in a dirty way. I think it's... <laughs> <laughs> I think at some point he's going to get it you know i
2: probably what um, are we talking
1: about riddle or Okada
2: now
1: riddle riddle i think <laughs> at some point he's gonna figure out uh, probably in nxt he's gonna learn how to play a character i think I maybe there's just not anybody kind of counseling him to or maybe a blood feud would be nice because he was in that whole long feud with keith lee and I never felt like he was that interest, like you know, where it was just like, yeah, bro, I'll fight Keith Lee five times. Like he didn't seem to like have any personal feelings about it.
2: Right. So we have this story now with Shane Strickland, where Strickland, you know, set out to destroy him in this last match, uh, destroy his arm, you know, it was really kind of brutal. I mean, I thought it was a great debut for Shane Strickland. So maybe this will give him, something to go with uh, Lenny Leonard was mentioning on commentary last month that none of the wrestlers in the back seemed to like Matt Riddle that no one congratulated him when he won the championship so I do wonder if they're if they're going somewhere uh, different with this are you excited at all about the Riddle Strickland uh, match yeah
1: I like Shane Strickland I've watched him in MLW he's their champion right and he's he's a baby face there, and I've seen a few other matches with him, and I, I think he's pretty cool. And I do think that like him versus Riddle, you no, know, do like when you look at them across from each other, it, they kind of match up really nice, like in a, I don't I don't know, in in a way that you don't, in a way that you don't see. It's usually, I don't know, they match up nice. They they kind of wrestle the same style, and uh, I I think they could, I think it could be good. I'm, hopefully he. Hopefully, you know, they use Shane Strickland to piss Matt Riddle off. He's the champ now, too. That's something maybe that's being un- that we've been unfair with him about is he didn't really have anything to hold on to in the time that we're saying that he didn't seem like he cared. And, you know, maybe the story becomes that, like, he didn't really care all that time. And now that he's, you know, trying to hold on to that title, he, he cares a lot now. and And hopefully we're going to start seeing emotion out of the guy.
2: Yeah, that I mean, that sounds uh, that would be an interesting way to go. I would. I I expect that Riddle's going to win this, but I would love to see after Strickland destroyed him in that first match. I would love to see him just finish him off and give Riddle something to overcome.
1: I would. I would. I mean, a quick belt change and evolve would rule.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they never do that. So
1: yeah, it would. It would definitely surprise. It it would definitely surprise you. At least I would. I would be totally into that. It's the same thing with New Japan. It's like every once in a while you are like, oh, just switch it. You know uh, that it 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 can be powerful sometime a really short title reign is a great story to tell I think
2: now in their in their next title match the WWN championship match we get Austin Theory who's the defending champion who will be with Priscilla Kelly against the debuting Joey Janela with Penelope Ford uh, the WWN alerts say of all officials are tired of Theory and Kelly's behavior so they brought in the one man who can counteract them <laughs> Uh, The WWN alert suggests that Janela is going to be full-time and evolve. I think this is where we might see a title change. I feel like Theory has kind of not really inspired uh, in his run as WWN champion, and it could be a much better buzz-wise for Joey Janela to be a champion.
1: Joey Janela, it's weird that nobody's decided to make him a champion yet. I always found it strange uh, with Janela that, like, Right at right when the NWA title came out, he was trying to get that match with Tim Storm. And I always thought, put that title on Joey Janela because he's going to do like the biggest show every year at WrestleMania now forever. And uh, he's, I I don't know, putting the belt on him might be great. I think the thing that worries me is like after watching a decent amount of people debut and evolve, I, I feel like Gabe always makes them lose their first few ma- or maybe their first match or first couple and i don't know but joey Janella, uh did you ever see the style battle where he grabbed the mic and he cut the promo where he was saying that like tell them to book me they won't book me they think they're too good for me and evolve and i was uh, and so like i i can't wait to see what they do with him and actually and evolve i think they're gonna book him as like a baby face with a chip on his shoulder
2: i uh- I am sorry or happy to report that I've never seen a second of any style battle show. <laughs> so no, I did not see that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Nick Gage versus Keith Lee. That's our wait, yeah. What was, there was a match I wanted to see on style battle that, and Janella just happened to have a match on there and it was pretty good. And, uh, I, I just, he cut that promo and I was like, hopefully, cause like, you know, I hate that. Uh, I hate that. Like, uh, character where it's like he doesn't deserve to be here but hopefully they can do something with that that's interesting (laughs) well he can at least uh,
2: have a chip on his shoulder
1: yeah yeah for sure i i just hope they don't do the like oh he doesn't deserve to be here he doesn't wrestle that way but we'll see if you're not exactly a baby face if you're bringing your valet to help you cheat
2: (laughs) right but it kind of works like because austin theory is like this good-looking dude who is like the high school quarterback type And Janela is like the Jersey trash guy. So it's a really good uh, dichotomy that they could play into for a a long-term story.
1: Yeah, and it was fun watching Darby. I mean, the matches weren't great, but it was fun watching him pick on Darby Allen too, Austin Theory. I'm not like huge into – I don't know how much – I don't know what I think of Austin Theory (laughs) sometimes.
2: He kind of like ebbs and flows. Like sometimes he, I see a match of his and I'm like, oh, this dude is going to be really good, and he's starting to show it. And then sometimes he just kind of seems like he runs out of ideas and he's just boring. And uh, so it worries me that he's not going to get where I hope he's going to get.
1: Yeah. Sometimes I I, when sometimes you think he's going to be really great at that like sort of indie style of wrestling, and then other times. He really comes off as the Randy Orton of Evolve to me. That's not mean, is it? (laughs) But he has all the... I mean, I'm not saying he doesn't care. I think he cares. But even when Randy Orton cares, it's like, how could you possibly give a shit about that character? You know, he, he doesn't he doesn't do a lot for me and i feel like that's what austin theory is to me too he like the, the character i don't know about it and he just seems like generic good looking guy you know
2: yeah oh the the character is boring as hell I and mean, priscilla kelly's doing all the work in this um in this act
1: and the move set isn't particularly exciting i get no. like i i you know now that you say it i could see them flipping the title to joey Janela because I mean, he's one of the most over guys out there right now. And Austin Theory, again, too, seems like he might be on his way out anyway.
2: And they're going on this uh, progress tour next month or in August, I guess, but their next set of shows. And I don't know, it feels like Joey Janela is much more interesting as one of your champions than Austin Theory for the kind of crowds you're going to want to draw for those shows.
1: Yes, absolutely, yeah.
2: That we, I should say about theory. I mean, he is 19 years old, or whatever. And, Ooh, uh,
1: really, I thought he was in his 20s. I
2: think he's 19.
1: Okay, I can't be mean to. him. I'm not, not trying to be mean to you, Austin Theory. I just feel <laughs> like maybe I don't know. Uh, just I, I, I imagine it's hard to figure it out. Um, I imagine yeah. it's hard to figure out how to do character work and have charisma there at 19 years old, especially.
2: Yeah, and you got to think like he's getting these shots on access. So there's got to be people in his ear talking about that. He's going to go to WWE soon. I mean, we all kind of think that, so I can't imagine how that's pulling him in different ways, like the style he should work, what stuff he should be working on. Uh, So uh, I imagine there's a lot going on in Austin Theory's head. Sure. Yeah. Like the real dude, not the character. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Next we have a grudge match. Walter takes on Darby Allen. This goes back to Walter disrespecting Darby. Back at Evolve 99. I got to imagine this is extremely your shit, Brian.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just hope it isn't a squash. But because they did, wasn't Keith Lee and Darby Allen in uh, New Orleans? And it sort of played like a squash. And I was like, oh, that like quit squashing the guy, <laughs> Darby <laughs> Allen.
2: Yeah, but I'm trying to think of, I feel like he's had a really good match against some huge person. I mean, it, it it works for him, right? Um, yeah. And Walter, I don't know. Yes, it, it looks like it should be a squash, right? Like just looking at the two dudes. But based on this story, I think Darby's got to show him something, unless they're going to do this more long term, which they could.
1: They. I don't know. Like it seems like a weird. Uh, it seems like a weird thing. Like I just think. Can I tell you? Like, like I don't know. I know this isn't their intention. But for me, it feels like there's no power behind anything that Darby Allen does because they spend so much time showing people like, you know, not budge from when he hits them that like, I feel like the last few times I've seen him, it feels like he's not really have it together. I would really like to see him win or like at least have some kind of a showing against Walter, like fighting back and actually affecting Walter, showing maybe showing walter that he does have something. I don't think he I really don't think he needs to win the match at all. I don't think anybody should beat walter ever. <laughs> I don't think he needs to win but I think he needs to beat him up at least. Like walter needs to be beat up at the end of the match and and maybe even, you know, we'll get to see him gain some respect.
2: Well, it kind of sucks that it's like the whole story is darby just kind of throws himself off things instead of being a real wrestler because like the way that he would be able to get an offensive advantage in a match against somebody like Walter is to throw himself off of things and kind of catch him when he's not expecting him get some uh you know leverage from uh, jumping off of things so I hope he just like does that and uses that to his advantage and then he can get on top of him and try to just you know kick him in the head or whatever
1: yeah <laughs> that would be great yeah I would love to I I I just want to see something I just want to see something I feel like Darby isn't I don't know maybe Gabe doesn't see him as a guy that can can carry anything I I really feel that way I I, I don't know I know he has to I know his character has to lose the decent amount but I feel like the last time I saw him <laughs> I think Keith Lee was picking him up by the waist of his pants and just tossing him behind him like trash.
2: <laughs> but you're right; he, he can't always come up short. I mean, eventually, you kind of you lose faith in him. So at some point, he's got to beat somebody. Yeah. We have another grudge match coming up after this. It's a six man grudge match. Uh, Chris Dickinson and Jaka and Dom Garini, who are with Stokely Hathaway, are taking on Tracy Williams, Timothy Thatcher, and Anthony Henry. Basically, we've got Catchpoint versus you know various people they've pissed off over the years. Interesting that uh, Hot Sauce and Thatcher are back together again, former Catchpoint teammates, and also Henry's in here as a singles. WWE announced that Henry and uh, JD Drake, the former James Drake, are singles competitors now, but Drake isn't on the cards. I-, I don't know if he's working somewhere else this weekend or what his deal is. Uh. Brian, do you have any better idea than we do about what catch point is? No, <laughs> guys that shoot,
1: right? They, oh, <laughs> never mind. Well, I think Chris Dickinson and Jocka see themselves as guys who do the mat wrestling. I always, th- I thought that I always like make catch point like a catch all for the like grappling style wrestling. Number one and number two, right. just like indie wrestling. Period. And like, uh. That's why the feud between them and the the guys like uh, EC3 and Drew Galloway, I think that's who they feuded with. I I always felt like that feud, right? Like like kind of typified what sports entertainment versus catch catch point symbolizes. What's not sports entertainment? I guess to me,
2: yeah. That you're right. That feud ruled. Uh, I was on vacation and was like, oh, I'm gonna like queue up part of this show. And then, like, I spent the vacation just obsessed with uh, <laughs> with this whole storyline. And like, no, I got to watch this whole show and the next show right this second. Um, I did
1: too. That was the first shows I bought. like, I saw people on Twitter talking about it, and I just was like, what a what a cool what a cool way to do this. Like, even they could still do something like it. I wish they would have kept going with it because you could still get yeah. guys from TNA now, from Impact now, and do it.
2: Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And like it was the perfect time because they were doing all the qualifying matches for the Cruiserweight Classic. And so there was that's when it first started feeling like i uh, was working with WWE. And so it felt real, you know, that these guys were like, no, we're on TV. Like we don't uh, we don't care about uh, this little promotion. So th- they could do it again today. You're exactly right. There's still the same kind of vibe going on.
1: Yeah. The, I mean, half the you guys talk about this a lot, but like guys like The End who don't necessarily really feel like they belong and evolve. They they feel more like sports entertainers. Like they could do something with that with guys like that versus guys like uh James Drake or Anthony Henry who look really indie to me. <laughs>
2: yeah. I mean Anthony Henry maybe. Um uh, yeah. No, you're right. I mean like I love James Drake. I've really come around on him, but I'm probably not going to see him in NXT.
1: Yeah, I'm a huge fan of him. His match with Matt Riddle was great. Like, I yeah. maybe I do like Matt Riddle because <laughs> through this whole show, it's just me saying I. You know, I don't like Matt Riddle, but I really love this match but with Matt, this Riddle Matt Riddle. In it.
2: Well, like he's good between the between the bells when he's not doing his like, oh, I'm gonna do like 30 no sell Germans in a match. When he's not yeah. doing that style, he's very good. Uh, but and he, he's not been doing that style as much, especially since he won the title. Uh, even God, his
1: entrance annoys me.
2: Look, oh, yeah, I, it sucks. It's terrible. <laughs> when he bumped Aaron's fist at the show, I was like, don't
1: bump <laughs> his fist, Aaron. Come on. <laughs> be, be, be brave.
2: <laughs> and then Aaron, we ran into uh, Kenny Johnson in New Orleans, and Aaron was like, oh, you cut me out of that uh, video. You didn't include where uh, Matt Riddle bumped my fist.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I thought I saw. I swear I thought I saw when he hit the corner. He just kind of sat, you almost somebody. I don't know.
2: I had Aaron in my show. I love the guy. But uh. <laughs> Kenny literally cut it this person before Aaron. <laughs> Good. Good. <laughs> and in New Orleans, Kenny was like, oh, I, I swear, I just didn't see that, man. Uh, if I would have seen you, I would have included you for sure. <laughs> oh, God,
1: that's really
2: funny. <laughs> Kenny Johnson rules, by the way. Big Kenny Johnson <laughs> fan. If you haven't, seen, we just talked about the end. So if you haven't watched the doc that Kenny just did about Perot, uh, you got to go check that out, everybody who's listening. It's fantastic.
1: Okay. I like the end, to, but I don't hate new. the end at all. I just think that they're a different sort of thing. Like, It really stood out to me because you guys came. You started right around the time they came in, and it really stood out. They really stood out to me, and I think it might yeah. be partially your fault, but <laughs> I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> Is it because I called him P.O.D.? <laughs> I know no, you're I, a big I, New I mean, Metal fan. <laughs> I
1: know that you guys just—I don't know if I would say you sounded down on them because I don't can—I don't think you guys are the types that would like talk shit about somebody before they've done anything. But I felt like you—you you guys talked about how they symbolized the new era in evolve, where it's not necessarily about work, which bummed me out a lot because <laughs> the reason I got into evolve was because I like wrestling, I, like I just. I like really well worked wrestling matches. I I don't care what the room looks like. I just, I like what they do in a promotion. So when those guys came in and there were these huge guys and their music, their music rules, (laughs) they were just beating everybody up for what seemed like no reason. I was like, man, did I get into this promotion as soon as they decided to basically just do TNA?
2: (laughs) Well, it's just, it bummed us out because. Well, first of all, they they teased the end like it was going to be this huge angle, and then it just turned out to be like a mid-card act. <laughs> and then they like buried them from day one. I mean, they never really won anything or got over on anybody. So it was just a bummer. Like, yeah, they're not great workers, although we saw last month that Odinson uh, looks like he's really got something maybe. But they're not the kind of workers we would normally expect in the promotion. But they could have done something cool with them, just like eating the hell out of people. I don't know.
1: Yeah, they could have just – I mean, even – even made them seem dangerous because they don't know what they're doing. Even right. like that would be something that evolve would right. do.
2: Yeah. But you know, interestingly, they're not on these shows. So I don't know if that means they're gone or if we're going to see them again uh, on the, on the progress tour, but they're not here. So Give them some time.
1: again, those are guys that could use some time anyway to, to figure out what they're doing. Man, maybe sure. it's maybe Paro just, he seems busy with, he's on like every MLW show. Is he? Maybe I should watch MLW. Oh, you'd love MLW. I'm telling you, I, it Never looks, it. I like it. You could do everything MLWs and I'd be into <laughs>
2: it. When I met uh, Perot in New Orleans, I was like, hey, is it Perot or Perot? And he's like,
1: yeah. <laughs> well, in MLW, they call him Perot, P A R R O W. And yeah. he's in the stud stable.
2: Oh well, Colonel Rob Parker. Colonel Rob Parker is in ML in MLW, and he runs the Stud Stable. Holy shit! <laughs> I've been watching like old WCW, where Colonel Rob Parker is managing Harlem Heat, and uh, it rules. And so I'm really in on this.
1: He's it's him, the dirt, a uh, uh, Southern like uh, Florida tag team called the Dirty Blondes, paro. <laughs> and there's somebody else in his stable, and it's. <laughs> It's silly. It, I mean, but they got really good wrestlers in there, too. They have Filthy Tom Lawler's there, and I, he's okay. great. He's so good. He's a really good heel. Like, MLW is good. I, I recommend it.
2: I hadn't seen much of Filthy Tom, and I loved him. And uh, did you go to the Bloodsport show in New Orleans? I did, I got there
1: too late to go to Bloodsport, but he, I have seen him a few times at um, uh, AIW. I go to AIW right. up in Cleveland sometimes.
2: Yeah, well, he, uh, he worked Walter at Bloodsport. and it ruled as a great match
1: i've seen him tag with uh it was him and nick gage versus dominic guarini and hot sauce tracy williams Hmm. and then i also saw him wrestle uh shit i can't remember who he wrestled the first time or something but he did a styles clash and it popped me
2: (laughs) tom lowler would like really fit in this promotion actually
1: yeah i i I feel like i don't know i feel like we'll see him maybe who who knows he's yeah. he's also a guy he's like on the observer radio and i don't know right. he and he's funny like right. in mlw he's like a he, he's a heel and he's serious and he's a shooter but like his promos are hilarious and he's his part of his crew is simon gotch as part of his crew too <laughs> and he somehow made simon gotch seem cool yeah that he must
2: be good. I mean that's all I can uh all I can take away from that. Well i have yeah. to check it out. I'll have to watch MLW.
1: Yeah, but I I I think uh yeah I would rather see James Drake as far as this match goes, this six man grudge match, I'd rather see James Drake in it than Anthony Henry. That's really the thing.
2: Yeah, I like Anthony Henry, but Drake has really impressed me of late. Uh yeah. I just like also
1: I want to yell at you because I mean, I've hung out with Aaron Taub a few times out in New York and and a few other times, and, and like, I always yell at you to him. And now that it's just me and you talking, uh, how dare you not like Dominic Green? (laughs) (laughs)
2: Look, come on. He hasn't had a great match in Evolve. I've never watched him anywhere else.
1: He has had a great match in Evolve, actually. One of my favorite tag matches of the year. All right, tell me more. It was oh, <laughs> <laughs> him and hot sauce versus Walter and Tim Thatcher. That match kicked ass. Was that, that was in the, New Orleans? On the show? No, it was before New Orleans. I'll have to look up what you was
2: on. I mean, obviously I watched it.
1: You um, did watch it and you loved it, but you forgot about it. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I just. I, I love know. him. He caught. He figured out grappling. I actually went and told him that to his face at AIW. <laughs> I walked up to him and I was like, "Buddy, I don't like that. I don't like that grappling shit." But uh, whew, you figured it out. You're really great. And he was like, "Oh, thank you so much." I felt like a, and I just like sulked away from him like an idiot. I'm really bad at introducing myself to people. I think are famous. Sure.
2: sure. He uh, I don't know. He just like I don't like his look. Um, I just see that he doesn't come across as like a badass like i I just don't think he can he doesn't strike me as like oh yeah he's gonna he can beat the hell out of this guy
1: well he's booked wrong and evolve i do think that like making him like this badass enforcer like arn anderson guy
2: right that's probably not the
1: right decision
2: yeah
1: (laughs) but his 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 style like i love this i like i don't love grappling uh, like full grappling matches. Like there are some I've seen where I'm like, ah, oh, that was okay. I'm, I can get into that. You know, I like Zack Saber Junior. But I feel like he does just enough stuff to keep you interested. And he's, he's, I like, I love Zack Saber Junior. But Dom like throws himself. He just goes flying through the air and attaches himself to an arm. And I think that's really cool. Like <laughs> I don't, I think it's a a way of thinking about it that that other people that people haven't really thought about. And I just. I really do think he I think he's good. I think he's he's gonna be something. And and again, like he is booked wrong in this company. I think. I don't think he's an enforcer or a badass or anything. But uh I really think he could I mean turn him babyface maybe, like an underdog babyface sort of thing with his look. And I think you got yeah. something there.
2: All right. Well, I won't give up on him. A lot of people like him that I trust that I respect. So I won't give up on him. We'll see. Uh, special attraction match. AR Fox with Ayla and the Skulk takes on DJ Z. This is a rematch from Evolve 97, which AR Fox won. I mean, that was a great match, and I expect this will be cool again. Yeah,
1: I want to see this one real bad. This is probably the the highlight for me. These guys are going to kill each other to do this. I love DJ Z.
2: Considering that AR Fox gets a shot at Matt Riddle the next night, I would expect he's going to win, but uh, I'm always wrong, so...
1: DJZ is a guy that could get over in WWE, I think.
2: Oh, for sure. Easily. <laughs> he should be a bigger star in this come. I mean, like he should be a bigger deal here. He's great. Maybe he
1: maybe he, uh, I guess if if he if AR Fox gets a shot with Riddle, then it's kind of telegraphing what's going to happen cuz I could have seen DJZ, DJZ at the point where he's got to start picking up wins and evolve, I think.
2: Shit, I think we hello. Oh, sorry, I was muted. I'm a oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I was just looking at the card for tomorrow. I was like, well, Shane Strickland doesn't have a match yet, so I wonder what that means. We don't, or for Sunday, rather. All right, right. We'll, we'll think about that more. Uh, another special challenge match: Bad Bones takes on Josh Briggs. Briggs debuted last month when he defeated Tommy Maserati.
1: I love Emma Tommy wonder- Maserati
2: <laughs> and won the fray. At Evolve 105, uh, Bad Bones is a WXW regular who's making his Evolve debut. Um, I-, I gotta be straight with everyone; I-, I don't know much about Bad Bones or Josh Briggs, so I- I just I'm looking at pictures of
1: Josh Briggs.
2: Yeah, he like he kind of looks like that Josh guy who won Tough Enough. Did you watch Tough Enough?
1: No, no way. He looks like Aquaman to me a little bit. <laughs>
2: Uh, he was like, he was fine. I mean, but you're not going to show much wrestling Tommy Maserati. Um, so I don't know. I I just like to see, they apparently think he's a big deal. They signed him to a, uh, contract bad bones. I hear people raving about this guy, the folks who watch WXW. So I don't know. I hope this will be cool. I just don't know much about either of these guys.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either one of them either. But I, the name Tommy Maserati is my favorite thing.
2: <laughs> Hell yes. And speaking of Tommy Maserati, we'll probably get some uh, Tommy Maserati on this show because there's a tag team attraction, the Skulk versus the Skulk. We don't know who the teams are, but there's no chance this doesn't rule.
1: Yeah, it'll be fun. That's going to be really fun.
2: <laughs> uh, plus, Jarek120 with Candy Cartwright and others to be added. Yeah. Um, The alerts mentioned that Jarek made Jason Kincaid disappear from Evolve. So I guess Kincaid is gone. Um, Here's what I really want to know, Brian. It says Evolve stars will be available for pictures and autographs before and after the event. Who on this card would you most want to get a picture with?
1: Dominic Garini. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Walter, probably. I would love to meet Walter. He seems like a cool dude.
2: Are you a uh, Mark Pitt guy?
1: No, I don't have any. Uh, oh wait, no, I have one with a uh, with a uh, the Beat Kyle the Beast.
2: <laughs> oh, that's right. I've seen that one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's the one I needed that one. <laughs> He's from the woods.
2: Yeah, yeah, he rules.
1: My wife loves that guy. I got to tell you. Like uh she, it, it, he she was like she had me go around. He was handing out business cards to people at the show. And oh, people yeah. were just dropping him on the ground, and my wife was making me go pick him up, so he didn't see him on the ground and get sad.
2: <laughs> he really is good, though. Like, I like Cal the Beast.
1: I do, too. I think he's great. I think it's crazy that I, – I wonder why nobody else like, – think he doesn't get used much, but, hey, he's short. He's a little short. Like, I'm taller than he is.
2: I mean, he does have, like, the goofy gimmick, but um... – I don't God.
1: know if that's too – do you think it's really that goofy? I mean, he does he I, – I guess I haven't seen him cut a promo. If he goes up there and says, like, I was sitting in the woods eating acorns all night. Have <laughs> you seen
2: the video oh. of him in the woods? <laughs> I've seen that video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's just like the face paint and, like, I mean, Kyle the Beast as his name. I mean, it's kind of lame. Kyle is a funny name to be a beast. I <laughs>
1: right. agree with
2: that. Yeah, I don't know, but he's but he's cool in the ring, so I like Kyle the Beast.
1: Yeah, fuck uh, it. I mean, wrestling's for goofy gimmicks too. It's like that's some true. people are going to be goofballs, and Kyle the Beast is in the woods. I'd be get signed and like run <laughs> gets a Brock Lesnar style run with the Universal Title. <laughs> he like he would fit in WWE for sure. Like, his his gimmick in NXT would work. People would go crazy yeah. for him in NXT. I think it'd work on the main roster. Maybe he's sh- like I said. He's short, so he would get the revival treatment. That's true. His <laughs> entrance music again.
2: <laughs> That's true. Uh, it looks based on these cards that like they're not doing the preliminary matches anymore. That seems to be over. I also noticed that uh, Zach Wentz, Myron Reed, and Xavier Desmond are gone. I kind of thought those guys were going to be regulars uh but Wentz and Xavier are in China or in Japan sorry uh, I was thinking about the OWE thing they're in Japan I guess working Wrestle 1 Myron Reed's working AEW this weekend so I don't know if, what's going on with them
1: right if I you guys like really threw shade at, at Zach Wentz I haven't seen him wrestling yet, <laughs> but I was what like have, geez why do we mean to the guy
2: <laughs> well we're not very nice I guess
1: no, oh, you're allowed to be mean to these guys. I mean, <laughs> somebody has to do it, right? Well,
2: in like one of our uh, group chats, everybody was like mad at us for for being mean to Zach Wentz. Oh,
1: I wouldn't be. I mean, it, I guess they're big fans of this. It's a. I mean, if somebody, I, I think, was it? I don't know who said it, but is he really like? Uh, does he run around saying he's somebody's cousin? That's in like I think Pete Wentz's cousin, because that is a <laughs> character I can get behind. <laughs>
2: I don't know if he does that. I hope so.
1: Just even the idea that like he get he gets like it would be great for him to go out to cut heel promos and be like, oh, and by the way, I'm Pete Wentz's cousin. (laughs) (laughs) Then Zach Wentz would be huge over with me.
2: (laughs) He like only came out to like slightly uh, like remixed Fallout Boy songs.
1: Yeah. Why am I not main eventing this show? I'm cousin. My cousin is Pete Wentz. I'm number one with a bullet, and, a, and 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 <laughs> one of the baby faces, one of the baby faces could say, "Oh yeah, well if you're if Pete Wentz is your cousin, why don't you get him on this show?" And then he could keep promising it.
2: <laughs> yeah, my cousin's gonna be here next week. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. That's how you fix Zachary Wentz. If you're listening, <laughs> Gabe.
2: That's right. Do that angle, and uh, the people will come. That'll draw money.
1: <laughs> well, you'll get the uh, you'll get the everybody. Everything evolves and street fight fans in there, <laughs> which we know he
2: really cares about the everything evolves fans. So,
1: oh, well, I don't know. You guys really pissed him off.
2: <laughs> I, I thought about before this show. I thought about DMing Gabe to be like, "What's up with Wentz uh, and Xavier and Reed?" And I was. Like now he's just he's gonna no sell me so, uh, we haven't had any conversations since all that went down. So I,
1: I mean I I like that they're two hour shows and maybe that's really all it is that you can't fit everybody on a two two and a half hour show.
2: That's yeah, fine by me and, and like this show is pretty stacked to be honest. So
1: yeah, there's no matches that I'm not interested in on this no. one. Well, I don't know the Jarek 120 i'm, I'm great, granted street magic is great and he's really brilliant at it <laughs> not a huge fan yeah but no, i, I guess even that. jason kincaid's name showing up in here means he's probably going to be there too i don't know i don't know how do you feel it's about that guy crazy. i've never heard you like give your opinion on jason kincaid
2: uh i think i stopped because i disliked him so much um uh, <laughs> i stopped talking about him too much i think he sucks uh <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry to say that if you're listening jason because uh, I heard all this stuff about how greedy he was before he showed up. Of course, it turns out it was all from like the southern graps, uh, oh, dummies yeah. on Twitter who were like, "Oh, he's so." Eh. Although I think Lanza did put over the. Uh, I think Kincaid and Chase Owens had uh, a feud in NWA Smoky Mountain that a lot of people put over, but he just always seemed to me like he was thinking too hard about the next move, and uh, it was just never smooth. That's what I would say about. His offense was never smooth. I could never get into it.
1: Yeah, I was never super excited when when he was announced, but uh, you know, yeah, I, I mean, he has. There's a lot of good about what he does too. Yeah, it's for sure. Just, maybe needs some
2: work. <laughs> and I'm just like uh, predisposed to hate white guys with dreads. So
1: I got called stupid by one yesterday on Twitter. So <laughs> by I'm white with guy with there.
2: dreads. <laughs> yeah,
1: he told me I had a very low IQ. That's
2: a real low point for you, Brian. I got to be honest, my man.
1: You know what? You get up in the, once you get over ten thousand followers, you're going to get yelled at by all s- different sorts of people.
2: Wow, big man over here with ten thousand
1: wow. followers! Just wow, see, like it's impossible not. Here's the thing: it's impossible for people not if something goes even slightly viral. It's impossible for people that hate you not to see it. And this guy saw something true. I said and was just like, "Yo, all oh, look at your low IQ. Yeah,
2: so. I, I have like 400 followers. And I was uh, tweeting during the takeover show the other night. And I was like, I hated the Gargano Champa match. And I just said that it sucked. And I got like several people in my mentions who don't follow me talking about how dumb I was. And I was like, who cares if I think this match sucks?
1: That's all the time with me. I I just, I think like, who, who cares what I think about anything? I mean, I think this guy was mad because I said there's a huge difference between uh, getting there's a huge difference between getting divorced and not seeing your kids and having your kids thrown in a cage and separated from you. And I think this guy was divorced and not able to see his kids. And he got pissed oh. at me, but I was like, your kids aren't in a cage. Right. Take some solace in that.
2: <laughs> nice. All right. Well, hopefully everyone who thinks Brian's takes on the show sucked. will add him at murder. Brian. Uh, Just hop in his mentions. Especially, I don't think we have any uh, white guys with dreads who listen to the show. But if we do, I want you to uh, tell Brian he sucks.
1: Go for it. I'm fine with that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Evolve 107, Sunday night, uh, 7 o'clock Eastern time at Melrose, Massachusetts. The biggest match, I guess, is for the NXT North American Championship uh, for the live crowd only. So none of us are going to see it. Uh, Adam Cole's first match in Evolve. Since Evolve Six, back in November 2010, when he lost to Ricochet, um, we've already talked about this quite a bit—the the relationship here and the. Like I'm jazzed, except that I love Walter, but I'm jazzed. This match isn't going to be on the live feed because I would hate to have to watch an Adam Cole match.
1: <laughs> we agree on Adam Cole.
2: He sucks so bad,
1: and he's the same. He's the same as the. There's another dude uh marty skirl that's just two guys i just don't get it i don't yeah, no.
2: get yeah they it both suck all. yeah like and they're both so insanely over and it just it blows my mind
1: yeah it's it's our fault it's not <laughs> i always say th- i know it's my fault that i don't like those guys i don't like adam cole i just think his matches underwhelm
2: yeah they're boring as hell and uh, i do
1: hate that this match is happening because that means you don't get a walter match
2: Yeah, but on the bright side, like Adam Cole has to win this unless it's, um, you know, a fuck finish. So I really would be pissed to have to watch Adam Cole beat Walter
1: or if they're going to start. I mean, here's the thing, though. I could also see Walter win and uh show up on nxt every once in a while to show that they're expanding because the nxt uk thing is launching and just to show that they're more because triple h recently just said that they're oh we're open to doing joint shows with new japan if they ever wanted to do that i think that's a triple h is you know he's Mm. really smart about making himself seem like he's really in with the uh, smart like that's his things that's how he's protected his legacy is to be like I'm gonna do all the things you guys want I promise (laughs) and uh, this sounds like it could be one of those things where it's like oh no we'll have people from evolve on NXT all the time it'll be cool
2: I guess it would like lend more credence to this North American championship like whatever that means if uh, other people could win it
1: yeah people outside of the promotion could win it then that means it's something and like who they you know that I mean Walter would be great for NXT and from my, oh my understanding God, yeah. he's not super interested in signing with the company. So why not just use right. them every once in a while.
2: And it would like uh, you know Evolve in Progress or going on tour both companies who have a relationship with WWE would be probably a draw for them to be able to say we're going to have a guy who's defending this title on all these shows
1: yeah and they've let people defend titles on progress shows a lot they I don't think they've ever let anybody do it on evolve yet but I could I mean I can just I can see Walter winning this match although it's it's kind of a weird choice because Adam Cole is ridiculously over with that crowd but you could also put Adam Cole in the main event scene and it wouldn't look weird at all
2: also like no one from NXT really ever has to know, like no NXT fans really ever have to know this happened.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They don't. They, they definitely don't. I don't know. I, I, it's, it's weird. I don't know either. I, I can't figure out either which way they're going to go, but I, I mean, I just think it's not as, I don't, I don't think that the chance of Walter winning is zero.
2: That's interesting. I Honestly, it had not occurred to me that it was more than zero until you said that, but uh, I'm I'm in on it now. I, you've you've sold me.
1: Well, I wanted to make
2: sure you were wrong. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> pretty easy to make that happen. Uh, the Evolve Championship is on the line. If Riddle retains at Evolve 106 uh, against Shane Strickland, it will be taken on A.R. Fox, who's joined by Ayla and the Skulk. Riddle defeated A.R. Fox back at Evolve 70 in October 2016, uh, a long time ago, after Fox came back to Evolve Fox defeated Riddle at Evolve 98 back in January. If Fox wins, it would be his second reign as Evolve champion. This is a match that like, I'm always going to be excited for. I think uh, these two guys together work pretty well and uh, it brings the best out of AR Fox.
1: Um, so when we talked about the last show, there was a part of you that said, hey, maybe they just – he's wrestling Str- Shane Strickland, right, the night before? Yeah. There, You were saying there is possibly a chance that he could, you know, lose to Shane Strickland, do the short title run, and give him something to chase.
2: Yeah, I mean, because, like, Strickland, uh, you know, beat him down so bad in that first match, it just would make sense to me. So I don't know.
1: And it adds intrigue sort of to this match because maybe there is a possibility that he doesn't have the title and you get to see... Him because I don't think he's going to lose to AR Fox if he has the title. I think he's keeping it all week, he's keeping it until at least the next show,
2: right? Um, but you could do like AR Fox beats Riddle again, you know, if if Riddle doesn't have the title, so then eventually when Riddle gets the title back, you have like a really well built in story for Fox to get a title shot.
1: Yeah, I, I just, I think that I, I, I'm sure it's going to be Riddle as champion, and Riddle just wins. I think there's less of a chance of uh, I, there's less of a chance of any outcome different than Riddle is the champion and Riddle ri- wins than there is that Walter wins. Basically, <laughs> like, I think Walter has more of a chance of winning against wow. Adam Cole.
2: Um, I just, it's interesting to me that Strickland doesn't have a match announced yet. And in fact, he's not list, you know, at the bottom, they say more to be announced with, and they list some talent out. And they don't list Shane Strickland, which is kind of bizarre. So what, maybe what, Strickland's not working the show. You know what?
1: I don't, let me check here. Cause I think Shane Strickland might actually be booked somewhere.
2: Yeah. He's, maybe he's not working the show.
1: Yeah. I, I, there's a possibility that he's like booked this weekend. I, I know they're doing an AAW show.
2: Yeah. He could be on that show. And if he's not working, then I would uh, – I'd be less convinced that he was going to win the title. But you could see him run in – like, I, I think
1: you could see him run in and ruin this match. I don't know. I really can't – like, it's a, it's a weird one. I, I would like to see Shane Strickland there since he is – they said he's permanent, you know, and he's on the right. poster too.
2: Yeah, and just in, – unless, in like, this AEW booking – preceded his deal with Evolve so he's got a on red or you know I don't know. Yeah. If when well, we don't even know that he has the AEW booking, but if that if that's true. I guess I could I don't look at it. Up.
1: He's an AW. I've been looking at that card. Somebody is going to their first wrestling show and it's at that card and I I said I'd look at it and see if it was good.
2: Oh okay. It is June good. June twenty fourth. Yeah.
1: He's wrestling Rich Swan at <laughs> DGW or NGW.
2: <laughs> what even is that?
1: in Tennessee. Good What's old, this? good promotion you got there, NGWG. Or is it N-E-W? What a t- next generation wrestling is what it is.
2: Well, that's fascinating.
1: So he is not there at all.
2: Huh. Okay, well, there you go. Um Weird. Like, I, I guess,
1: uh could he win? And like, it, it could be he could win and then not show up the next day but it that feels like it telegraphs a loss because they always like to have the winner the night before come in with the the next night with the title come in and or he could be smelling his injuries the next day
2: but you know if they get him to cut a promo that they could they could run on the on this show i mean it's you still have uh joey janela is booked for this show and Austin Theory is not listed, but you, I mean, Austin Theory hasn't missed a show since he's been in this uh, promotion. So you could still have the other title on the show, is the point I'm making. So you yeah. wouldn't necessarily have to have this title. I don't know. I'm sure I'm working myself up and Riddle's just going to beat him. But
1: yeah, like I think it Riddle. sounds like Riddle will probably beat him and he'll sell his injuries yeah. the next day.
2: Yeah. All right. The next match under catch point rules Tracy Williams takes on Chris Dickinson with Stokely Hathaway. Uh, the rules, if you're not familiar, each participant gets three rope breaks. There's a 20 count on the floor. No closed fist. If you use a closed fist, you lose a rope break. These are, of course, the old Ring of Honor pure title rules. But Stokely's doing a gimmick where he's like, these are the most innovative rules of all time. And I came up with them. And it's pretty funny if you saw the the uh, video that they posted on the YouTube account. Um, what are I catch like- paint point rules again? <laughs> <laughs> it's the... Uh, what I just said the each participant gets three rope breaks. Oh, I
1: got I have a right. I'm sorry, Aaron. That was that was bad. I'm a little stoned. I'm sorry. <laughs> I did drugs. I apologize to the audience.
2: <laughs> oh, What's, I don't so like those, those rules. <laughs> yeah, they suck. They suck. Um, <laughs> it's so funny. Aaron went on about this on the last show, but it, he was so right that like they just said last month that now Evolve's normal rules are a 10 count. Or no, there's no count. I'm sorry. I I totally botch that. There's no count on the outside. So they did that and then immediately introduced these cash point rules, adding back in a 20 count in certain matches. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. I don't uh, like
1: these rules at all.
2: <laughs> no, I do like that. There's like a real personal issue between Tracy and uh, Dickinson. I, I feel like this has a chance to be good.
1: Yeah, I love Chris Dickinson. He's just so I too.
2: good. I do too. I'm not a huge Tracy fan, but when it's like when there's a lot of – uh uh, like fire in his matches, then they can be really good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I I think he can put on good matches. I've uh, you know who I, I saw him wrestle Tom Lawler and it was really good. I've seen him wrestle at a wrestles at AIW a lot too. And yeah. I have seen him a bunch of times and every time I think it's fun, but uh, I, I kind of, <laughs> I'd love Chris Dickinson. I would just love yeah. to see him beat the crap out of Tracy Williams.
2: <laughs> Me too. I, I've said all along. I'd love, like I would love to see them push Dickinson to the top of this promotion i think he could Uh, yeah and it it would be it would feel different it would make them feel different the same reason i would like to see them put the title on joey janela just like give this promotion a different feel
1: yeah and it needs it i mean the joey janela thing is so smart because yeah you put the title on joey janela and you really have like a you have a real like uh what am i trying to say like you you're you feel like on the cutting edge yes of indie wrestling of pro yes. wrestling if joey janelle is one of your champions
2: yes and evolve has been missing that like they they don't feel like that anymore they haven't in a while yeah i
1: was really time. surprised at the attendance in at wrestlemania weekend
2: oh man it sucked it sucked now i will say for them this melrose show is apparently almost sold out and they did a great house in uh detroit last month so they're doing it right in some in some places you know people are into it but amongst uh, the the internet bubble crowd uh, that shows up to WrestleMania weekend, they were not that popular.
1: I felt like more people went to the WrestleCon shows. I, I made Evolve my priority. I wanted to see yeah. as many Evolve shows as I can because I'm not on the East Coast.
2: Well, the fact is, Joey Janela's show had the biggest crowd of any show at the WWN um, venue.
1: Yeah, well, that venue sucked too, and it was enormous, yeah. and it was so far away. <laughs>
2: But it's like, you wonder, like, did Gabe see that and think like, I got to get on this Joey Janela train, you know, like, he's clearly got something going.
1: He does. He do- I mean, everything he does, people are into. I, I mean, yeah. hopefully Gabe uses them right or whatever, books him in the right way. But it yeah. seems like that guy can't do anything without people freaking out about it. He's like the next. He's so over. And yeah. he... He's fun. He's fun to watch. He's yes. not like over like Marty Skrull, where I'm like, ugh. Right.
2: <laughs> it's because he's not trying to be cool like Marty Skrull. you know, it's like he just kind of is who he is. I think Janella, and he comes across Well, we were talking about this before we recorded, but comes across more like guys like Cabana or bizarrely. We were talking about it uh, in relationship to insane clown posse, uh, but guys who like made it on their own terms yeah i think janela has that
1: yeah and he's so so he understands like the modern sense of humor and sensibility you know like in ways that wrestling doesn't ever get right wrestling like struggles with being of its time you know and uh I I wrote an article about this in our zine that we do in our wrestling zine. But like Kevin Nash was a guy that like the first time I saw him, he mm. blew me away. He he yep. was the when he was diesel, he is the he single handedly got me into wrestling because I looked at him and the way that he walked and the way that he talked and the way that he acted. And I was like, this guy is like cool, like not just wrestling cool, but he would be like cool in real life. And I think Joey Janelle is the same way. Like he would be like a cool guy to people who didn't watch wrestling. If they saw the kinds of things that he was up to, I think that's really hard to do inside of wrestling.
2: That's a great take. Uh, I couldn't agree more. I was a big Kevin Nash fan as a kid. He kind of, he, I think he made the, he got the NWO over the hump. Like he, he turned it into a phenomenon because it had that tie to like hip hop culture. That was popular at
1: the yeah current. and he just kind of carried himself like a cool guy like you see guys like like you would see guys like hulk hogan or like like uh Bret hart like they just didn't seem like real people to like real cool people that i wanted to be kevin nash seemed like a guy i wanted to be and joey janela you know like we were talking before the show like with icp like i look at icp as like you know i do a podcast that has like a DIY ethos and like a punk ethos. But I look at ICP is like, they did it. They, they, they like got everything done. Like they got, they get to live like a pretty comfortable life. And they have this like group of fans that are, that are rabid for what they do and they will do anything for them. And I think Joey Janela is creating the same sort of thing from like nothing. He's it, 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 you know, him and Nick Gage are probably equally, Responsible for GCW being one of the bigger indies in the country now like that. I I watched GCW start and now I, I feel like they, you know, they do well every time they do a show. And it it really is Joey Janela and like the, the Nick Gage. Nobody else there like draws people in and it's just people think Joey Janela is cool and they want to be around him.
2: Yeah, and he's earned that trust right like anything he does it's like well I'm gonna give this a shot because it's probably gonna be cool yeah
1: and and you know like with spring break not all the matches were great but it's like even like you got like all those months like this is a weird thing to say I guess but when you bought your ticket for Joey Janela's spring break too you got a couple of months of just being like what is this even going to be because you knew the matches and you were watching PCO do his videos and stuff. And you're like, oh. so you paid almost for the anticipation of what you were going to end up getting. Like, I was so excited about Nick Gage versus Penta and it ended up letting me down. But I'm not mad at that at all because it was just, you know, they made it happen and I was excited.
2: Oh, I thought it ruled.
1: <laughs> really? I thought it was flat, man. Really? Um, yeah, I was tripping, though. Like, I I was I was on Mushrooms that whole show.
2: Now, they so. started with that spot where he, like, threw the board right into Nick Gage's head. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit, this is on. <laughs> yeah. They just had, like, those bizarre boards, and they just were hitting the hell out of each other with them. I don't know. I, I did like the weird boards. But, yeah, I just think
1: Joey Janela is – he's so smart to – Gabe – if Gabe does it
2: right, he's got something. Yeah, he should hitch his wagon to to Joey for sure. Yeah. All right. Um, we're, grudge match. Darby Allen takes on Jarek 120 with Candy Cartwright. Uh, the story here is that Jarek is trying to take Darby's spot on the main card, so he's been attacking Darby at various shows. Um, I just – I get the Jarek thing uh, except when it comes to wrestling. Yeah. Like, I just – I don't have any interest in watching him wrestle.
1: He's like triple H to me. Like <laughs> it's like he can cut all the promos and look cool because he's that guy, but then when he gets in the ring, it's like oh god, what a snooze.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he sucks. He just does like the exact same spots in every match. And I'm just not interested in it at all.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is a good, easy Darby Allen win. I think we're nine yeah. I'm ninety percent sure Darley, Darby Allen's just gonna beat Jarek. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and you know he might need uh, a little bit of rehab after he probably gets beaten up pretty badly by Walter the night before. So,
1: yeah, and and Jarek Jarek has a feud with uh, old dude that wasn't there the day before. Uh, Oh yeah, Kincaid. Kincaid. He's got that feud with Kincaid anyway. He'll be fine. He's going to get to beat Jason Kincaid another four hundred times.
2: Yeah, I don't I don't know. They're they're acting like uh, Kincaid's gone, but maybe he's not. We'll find out.
1: He is definitely not gone.
2: <laughs> uh, special challenge match: your boy Dominic Garini with Stockley Hathaway takes on Josh Briggs. Uh, the story here is these were the last two competitors in the fray at Evolve 105. So I, I guess this is a you know the other match that he's in is a six man. This we'll get another chance to see Dom in a in a singles match. Maybe he'll impress me this time.
1: Well, that's not fair. He's wrestling Josh Briggs. It's not like he <laughs> we don't know what he can do. <laughs>
2: No, and they're trying to make Briggs into like a monster, so he's probably gonna destroy Dom. uh oh, you can't do
1: that. See that's the thing with Dom. You can't just have make him the badass enforcer and then let the new guy come in and beat the shit out of him.
2: <laughs> I know it's like what they did to the end man they and these people that are supposed to be badasses and then they just like suck,
1: yeah, I mean, I don't know what I don't know what their plans are with dominic I, I, I like his style, but uh. Yeah. You know who knows what they're gonna do with that match. I'd like to see Dominic Greeny just put away Josh Briggs and I don't know, move move forward, get give him you know let him beat up like Jarek or something after right. this <laughs> or have, give, put him with Jarek or anything. I think the other thing Dom fa- is faced with is like they put him when you end up in ch- catch point, you end up like at a weird place on the card where you're like you're immediately in there and pushed to the top of the card usually, you know.
2: Yes, um, and Dom really hasn't gotten much of a push at all in this promotion so far.
1: No, but he's always hanging around when the when the main event stuff is happening. So I'm I'm not really sure what they're going to do with him, but uh, I I hope he puts on a good match. I guess is is my that's my hope.
2: Well, yeah, I guess the question is whether he gets a chance, right? Like whether this is just like a, a domination, or if he actually gets a chance to uh, to show something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, like if they're just, if they sign this Josh Briggs guy, um, he doesn't necessarily have to win because he's brand new. But they do need to see what he can do. So hopefully right. this is a match so that they can see what they have in both of these guys. Right.
2: And that is, that's all the matches that are announced for this show. They they also say that uh, Jocka, Timothy Thatcher, Anthony Henry, Bad Bones, Joey Janella and others will appear on the show. Uh, They don't list Austin Theory, bizarrely. Uh, I don't know if Austin's going to be on the show. It'd be weird if he wasn't. Uh, They say there's going to be lots more high-quality bouts added to this card after we find out what happens at Evolve 106. This is a great roster of talent just waiting to find out their matches. (laughs) (laughs) I
1: like that. I like that last – I like the the, uh, enthusiasm there. (laughs) Thank you, Gabe. Bones. Yeah, Bad Bones. Bad so, Bones uh, is going to turn into a meme name for me cuz <laughs> I looked him up. He's I I <laughs> now looked up uh Bad Bones and I'm not yeah. uh not that impri- he's a TNA guy.
2: Uh yeah, like a while back, I think,
1: when TNA was bad.
2: <laughs> right. Has, has it ever been good?
1: Uh, you know, Eric Bischoff and uh Vince Russo years.
2: <laughs> yeah, that was your favorite version of uh, TNA.
1: I want to do a podcast about that really bad. I actually want to do a Twitch stream where we just watch it. It's been my dream to do. So,
2: yeah, just like the TNA with Vince Russo booking it.
1: Uh yeah, the the TNA uh, period with like Hogan and Nash and yeah. Sting and all those guys. I feel like there's like a real lack of like podcasts about TNA. I feel like all of them are like, let's go back and watch the Attitude Era. Let's go back and watch <laughs> the Attitude Era. <laughs> like, let's watch all of Undertaker's matches and shit like that. And I'm like, right. I don't care about that stuff. I yeah. want to hear about stuff I that nobody's seen.
2: No. Uh, hardly anybody's seen i know i haven't seen any of that stuff i mean i've seen you know the stuff people make fun of but i certainly wasn't watching it at the time yeah Uh, i did watch like when tna first came out and they were doing the weekly pay-per-views i watched like all those because we had uh like stolen satellite at my house Oh, lucky (laughs) yeah so we got every channel so i watched them uh i mean that's apropos of nothing i just thought i'd throw that in there
1: you just bragging about your descrambler. You know yeah, I used to I mean, be a cable guy, right? I could go back oh, really? and yell some of my old, uh, some of my old coworkers.
2: Man, stealing satellite is like is the best thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was nothing worse than coming home and like you turn it on, and it's like, damn, they got us. You know, like it had been turned off, and then you had to, you know, rescramble it or whatever.
1: I the new discram- I used to so uh, back when I was really addicted to painkillers. Uh my drug dealer also sold satellite cards. <laughs> and uh he was super in he loved selling the like direct TV cards because he made more money off of that than he did painkillers. Yeah. Because they would just shut the damn things off and then people would have to come over and buy another thirty-five dollar card. Sometimes it would last six months and sometimes it would last two days.
2: Yep. You never knew, man. You never knew. Dude just
1: he just loved selling those things. I I just remember he just he would always have a stack of them. He was like, these direct TV cards are better than the pain pills.
2: That's funny because we used to get them. We eventually got a scrambler, but we we used to get them from this dude who had a scrambler who also was a drug dealer.
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> a good. I mean, it's a good business. Like, a, it's a good business to get into, I think.
2: Uh, s- selling drugs or selling uh, scrambled, satell- uh, re-scrambled scrambled satellite? scrambled
1: satellite because he'll never go to jail for that you know like for the drugs thing is like they're gonna come and get the dea is gonna come and get you but it it isn't like there's anybody out there looking for people that are buying scrambled satellite dishes they're looking like except for the cable companies you know and most of the time they'll just take it away from you or shut it off they i'm gonna tell people right now the cable company doesn't call the police on anybody because they see (laughs) them as potential customers Right. And if you, it doesn't matter if you're stealing cable. They'll just unhook you and then come to your door and ask you to become a legit customer.
2: Right. Which is basically, I mean, they're like drug dealers, right?
1: Yeah. They've only kicked <laughs> one door in. The whole time I worked there, they had the FBI come and kick one guy's door in because he hooked up a whole apartment building. Like, don't get <laughs> egregious.
2: <Jeez. laughs> oh, I miss those days, man. I watched all the... Uh, pay per views for free, you know the WCW and WWF. Uh, those are good times.
1: Yeah, that would have been great. Well, now you can watch them for ten bucks. Yeah, yeah. It's in another suck.
2: good thing.
1: <laughs> though. You know that's the problem. Yeah. Like the monthly pay per view things, because I was really into WCW yeah, for a period, and WWE. You know, I got into WWE like halfway through the Attitude Era, and like. Mm-hmm. I just I loved like having the option of buying either a W like it was like you can get WCW or WWF. like You got to get one of these two because I couldn't pay for both. And like now it's just like, uh, oh, got money in the bank. Here we go. I
2: also remember like, you know, me and a friend would agree that one of us would buy both of them and then we'd tape it and then come to school the next day and give them, you know, give them the tape to whichever one (laughs) that we didn't have
1: that would have been smart for me to i should well i wasn't in school anymore but God, yeah. that would have been a smart way to do. It. I mean i ended up just buying them both. Right? And then i would quit paying my cable bill and then my na- my roommate would have to get the cable in his name.
2: Right. Yeah, that's smart. I like that too.
1: <laughs> I mean if you don't care about your credit at all.
2: <laughs> no, and who does? I mean why why would you care about that?
1: 100% agree
2: with that. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've covered everything from the evolved shows uh, for this weekend. Is there anything else you want to add, Brian? No, I think they're. I think they're going to be fun shows. I'm going to watch them. Yep. Same. Uh, tell everybody where they can find you.
1: Murder Brian and just do it like the Mickey Mouse name: M U R D E R B R Y A N. <laughs> and Street Fight Radio. You know, you'll find if you come to me on Twitter, you'll find everything else I do in my bio.
2: Go to. Uh, Go to Brian's Patreon for Street Fight Radio. Sign up. Toss yeah, up some get money. a zine.
1: Come and get a zine. Oh, man, Watch the a- live streams. We we give stuff away. <laughs> give your money to Brian is what we're saying. Thank you. Yeah, one dollar for the bonus shows, and you, I mean, there's definitely I'm definitely going to be on you about getting one out of you.
2: Well, I, you, I know there's one with Aaron Taub. so everybody should go check that out. And uh, I will, of course, be happy to be on a show
1: all right cool. Well we'll get you on there and we'll talk about prison, which is oh, yeah.
2: more fun. I've been to talk about prison on your show. I love uh sadly I love talking about prison. That's the show. I mean
1: I I was like I got to get I got to get Aaron on. He like has the job like that we need like that is you you do street fight stuff for a living but luckily get to do wrestling on your podcast.
2: <laughs> yeah, I wish I got paid to do the wrestling instead of the prison, but you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I mean I I wish I got paid to do wrestling instead of the politics.
2: <laughs> <laughs> sure. But you know, I'd do the prison stuff anyway, so no big deal.
1: That's beautiful that what you do. I I like I really admire what you do, Aaron.
2: Well, thank you. I appreciate that. That's too nice. I admire uh being able to do a podcast for a living. So
1: <laughs> I don't know how it happened.
2: <laughs> I'm very I'm very jealous of that. So <laughs> all right. Uh I think that's it for this episode. Uh make sure everybody that you're following us on Twitter at Evolve Pod, you can find me at Aaron Like the Car, And go over and uh see old Taub at AP Taub. Uh he's only tweeting about the uh AOC congressional race right now, but you know, it's still a good account. So check him out. Uh, Make sure that you're subscribing to the show, getting all the everything evolves as soon as they drop. Whether you're subscribing to the Voice of Wrestling podcasting network in total or just our show, uh, we really appreciate it. And I'm going to be back on Monday. I'm going to have some more special guests. Uh, Twitter's own Oat Gan and Epitasis will be joining me on uh, Monday and we'll be dropping that show, uh, reviewing Evolve uh, 106
0: and 107. So I look forward to seeing you guys then.